Welcome to The Long Way Around the Barn, where we discuss many of today's technology adoption and transformation challenges and explore varied ways to get to your desired outcomes. There's usually more than one way to achieve your goals. Sometimes the path is simple. Sometimes the path is long, expensive, complicated, and or painful. In this podcast, we explore options and recommended courses of action to get you to where you're going now. The Long Way Around the Barn is brought to you by Trility Consulting. For those wanting to defend or extend their market share, Trility simplifies, automates, and secures your world, your way. Learn how you can experience reliable delivery results at Trility.io. In our third session with J.C. Hoyer, he helps us bridge the gap between the art and science of data analytics. We discuss what is required of people and organizations to explore, adopt, implement, and evolve today's data science practices for themselves and their organizations. And so I really look at this as, again, bringing it back to science and art. It's science gets you to the, gets you to the insight. The art then is how you tell that story and, and paint that picture to, to create comfort with some of that uncertainty that you're now revealing in your data. So as it relates to individuals and organizations and the adoption of a more formal data behavior, through your experience and your perspective, the study, the work that you've done, how can we encourage more people to prepare for or consider or think about? How do we, how do we make this a normal, common, daily conversation for people and companies instead of this emerging knowledge area that some people are studying you're right the, the passion is a, is a key component to this right and that you know, i think passion across anything you're engaged in is important to be able to find that and and you know it, it's it's a true driver um motivator is finding your passion you know mine is learning happens to be with data science and you know, those those kind of come together well for me just going a bit deeper into my personality with this too is you know, data science as much as there's science involved in it there's a lot of art involved in it. Personally, for me, my background, I have an art background as well in my, in my past. You know, you think about left brain, right brain, creativity, logical, all that kind of stuff, right? It's usually more binary, you know, more definitive. And for whatever reason, you know, I have a, some bit of a crossover in that, right? Can find joy, enjoyment in both sides of that. And it works well for me with, with data science. But, you know, what I think about from the standpoint of, you know, trying to wrap your brain around, you know, what does this mean? How do, how do I... Uh, gain comfort in sort of the mindset that it takes to deal with and, and feel okay with ambiguity, uncertainty, right? I think so much and so often in business, which rightly so, it's I want to know definitively 100% accuracy what's going to happen, you know, in the future and so on. You know, that, that's that's a fair mindset. Um, and I think there's, you know, a lot of good leaders and, and people realize that's not possible. And, and you, you know, and you make your own decision to, you know, given given the information I have at hand and what's the best decision I can make and you go with that. Data science is is really taking that human decision process, which you're already dealing with uncertainty, whether you're aware of it or not, and just putting more support to quantify some of that, some of that unknown through data, right? And and you know, in that does require a new mindset of, you know, the information I'm taking in may become more more broad because I'm getting more data supporting the breadth of my decision making. 
But in that, I also then becomes the, the realization and vulnerability of really seeing the uncertainty that my decisions, the decisions I'm making, distilling those in my mind, that uncertainty in a way that I may not be aware of. But now because that data is present, I'm aware of that uncertainty and becoming more potentially concerned with that uncertainty, right? And that's where the side of the data scientist becomes vital and, and, and important. It's the storytelling then. So how do you tell that story to manage the uncertainty that you're now highlighting to a leadership or an individual that they might not have been aware of before, right? At least consciously aware of that is, is maybe the better way to state that. And so I really look at this as, again, bringing it back to science and art. It's the science gets you to the gets you to the insight. The art then is how you tell that story and, and paint that picture to create comfort with some of that uncertainty that you're now revealing in your data. So you know that's similar to just about you know any career I imagine, but I know explicitly in the technology side of things where there can be absolutely fabulous software developers. Um, who have not yet discovered that they have to also be able to communicate the goal and the journey and the value and manage that message. And I, I, I wonder if that's not a learned behavior for any human. But the fact that you've articulated the relationship between art and science all as the same, you know, collective responsibility, that's, that's really powerful. Science inherently is 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 the the journey journey into the unknown, right? Science is meant to to constantly test and retest and, and, and so on, right? That that's what good science is, right? But there's 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 rigidity, there's there's a tool belt that can be applied to that testing, right? It's a known set of tools generally. The art side, right, that's the learning there comes through experience, comes through, you know, vulnerability comes through the willingness to test out, does this, from a data science perspective, does this plot with the dots on it mean more than the plot with the lines on it? Does the bar chart mean more than the pie chart? And so on and so forth, right? And how do I combine those together to get that message across? And at the same time, you know, beyond the visuals, it's your, 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 your written and verbal communication as well becomes essential, you know, because you're, you're the one creating the confidence in this new idea that you're bringing to the business, right? You're 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 bringing across a good example I have would be the concept of distribution density plots, right? So that's a very statistical term. Basically, all it is you think about a normal distribution bell curve. It's putting some statistics to that bell curve, just for example, right? Um, how do you convey what that means to someone that has no statistics background when you say the word density plot? You know their eyes glaze over, right? Well, you got to be able, being able to distill that down to uh, elementary terms, but do it in a way that gets gets your your point across and drives the decision. That I think requires just stepping into the arena, finding and seeking out bits of that opportunity to challenge an idea, challenge a mindset mindset with some data driven visual, some data driven insight. And and put it out there and see what happens, right? That, that's again science versus art. Science, I think you can practice. You can get through through history of defined techniques. Art is more what works. I just have to try it. So, so I will amplify that to walk into my next question. Your just your statement was just I have to try it. And part of my curiosity from your perspective is we're talk. Let's talk about 
someone in an organization who's just now discovering the whole field of data on purpose, um, doing data on purpose. So we're not talking about just your historical, typical, let's uh, create a 2D plot in Excel and call it a day. We're talking about trying to understand multiple dimensions of many seemingly unrelated things that when put together may actually reveal something that would never have occurred to our minds. We wouldn't have seen because we weren't looking for those types of things. For someone that's just now figuring things out saying, hey, I really think that this might be a thing. I want to look into this. We're assuming that they're starting in kindergarten, right? They're starting with near zero. Um, where would they go? Where do you, how should people get involved, get their feet wet, jump in? And what do you see? What do you know? What would you recommend? Luckily, you know, especially within the last decade or so, the learning options online, the open free learning options online have, have accelerated vastly, right? So like with a lot of things, a Google search for data science is, is, is a good starting point, right? There's a number of open, free coding academies. Um, you know, Coursera is a great one. Udacity, things like that. Not to market for any anything individual, but you know, it's starting there as just kind of this this data science roadmap, right? What do I need to learn? What are the foundation skills to kind of build on? In in getting a sense of what the scope looks like, I think starting with just that Google search can help define sort of what are some of these terms and areas of of this space that pop up and you know uh, begin to emerge you know things like statistics and, and programming R and Python and SQL and um, you know kind of this whole space just getting starting there with that kind of cloud of what's out there I think to me is is always a good good way to begin um, any project what is what is my sort of space that I'm living in and really then what's probably been most useful to me comes down to learning some of the core concepts and technologies and then seeking out opportunities to practice and apply those. Even if you're stumbling your way through practicing and applying those, start trying to force those into whatever you're working on right now. And it may not be the solution for your project at hand, but can I take a sliver of it and, and, and make it work from a data science lens to build up my skill set, right? And to really give maybe more concrete answer to things to focus on, right? I think it's it's traditional statistics is a great place to start. And again, there's a number of resources that are great for that just through a Google search. Um, statistics being, you know, how do you, how do you, what are your, what's, what is the difference between mean and mode and what's your range, min and max? How do I define a distribution? Things like that. Um, starting there, then moving into, uh, uh, probability. Probability is a big concept in data science, machine learning. So getting your mind around that space. Um, you don't have to be an expert in it, but at least becoming familiar with terms of probability. Probability Bayesian inference is another sort of area that's out there that goes hand in hand with probability as well. Those those three areas, traditional statistics, probability, and, and, and then Bayesian inference, which has a lot of probability in it, are three sort of core foundational areas of, of this space's stats to be involved in, right? And then it's moving in, into the technology side. So now you've learned and got a grasp on some of these statistical ideas. Pick up R or Python, right? I'm an R guy. Uh, Python tends to dominate. Um, uh, depending on your source, you know, Python might be a little bit in front of R. They go back and forth. 
either one, the, the mindset I have is become an expert in one, but be familiar across both of them, right? Because you need to be able to operate on both sides and and either one of them, you can you can be working in R and you can leverage Python, you can be in Python, you can leverage R and go back and forth. There's no, there's a lot of capability um, in the libraries and packages that are out there, right? And then as you develop that the, the skill set of kind of your technology, some of the base statistics, now start venturing into your machine learning, right? Your AI. Um, and, and depending on your source and your mindset, all of this really comes back around to your develop, developing the skill set to be an expert line fitter is what it comes down to, right? I say that kind of tongue in cheek, right? But really any anything you're doing from a from a modeling perspective, it's you're taking your data set which may be X number of columns wide. You can reimagine that as being X dimensions in space. You know, you have one dimension, two dimension, three dimensional space, which is what we all live in. You can plot three dimensions on a plot relatively easily, but as you go up into higher dimensions, you can't really plot that. That's where a lot of the, the mathematics come into play then is how do you navigate a, a multi-dimensional space of data and be able to out of that to kind of your thoughts earlier, Matthew, distill meaning from something that in this multidimensional space, you just, you can't visualize and there's no simple way to get your mind around it. That's where machine learning and AI and stuff comes to play. Then it's, it's those, those tools are effectively putting a pattern, finding the pattern in that multidimensional space that lets you um, either split it up or pinpoint a data point and so on. So that, that's that's kind of the foundational skill set I think I would focus on, you know, thinking about. It. And then from that, there's there's subsets and offshoots. You get into, um, you know, TensorFlow and PyTorch and all these other things into the cloud, all that. But that's I think the core of where you really start when you're talking about what do I need to get into and start learning to go down this path. So you led with look for opportunities, and then after that, I believe you said you need to go learn some fundamental elements of statistics. And there were three different areas you were focusing upon. Then go learn about some of the technology. Then after that, you were talking about how you can start to take the statistics plus the technology and start um, discovering, seeking, or otherwise applying that. Um, so you're starting to become operational at that point. So the first two steps are really classes of preparation, if you will, classes of data, prepare steps. But you start to become operational after you have those two classes of things under your belt in terms of familiarity, experiential pursuit, that type of thing. So really three big steps. What you just communicated is a time-based journey, of course. But I think I, uh, one of the most... Um, valuable things you may have said there is ultimately you have to seek the opportunities or this was just an academic exercise of reading about this then reading about this and then tomorrow there's new subjects very true right and, and, and re really the the reason for that is the space is so broad you know i mean it's i don't think it's unique to data science and in, in, in this discipline but you know there's so many methods so many so much research out there Problems are, you know, there's no standard, typically no standard problem, right? And so it's really that process of, I have a problem, now what are some methods that I can maybe force on that problem, right? And I tell you, the, I think the, the power, and again, I think this is common across many, many skills and disciplines, but it's as you add breath to your knowledge base, really a lot of the power you bring to your roles, your emerging role as a data scientist 
is not necessarily the the expertise you have in a particular method or approach, but it's the the knowledge base you contain of what are alternatives to solving this problem, right? So now I have instead of one tool that I try to force onto this problem, I've got a selection of ten tools that I can explore that space. And I may not be an expert in all ten, but at least I know I can try ten of those and find the one that seems promising, and then really dig into that and and, and become a deeper expert to solve that particular problem. That's where, again, as you as you step further into into this career your breadth of knowledge becomes greater and that's a lot of that skill set and value comes from you know i'm not a i'm not a i'm not a one trick pony you know for for lack of a better term you know i i can pull from this tool set and find a better answer the best answer well that is consistent with what you said earlier which is you'd like to be an expert in at least one but functional and useful in both or all to some extent i can be an expert and a generalist and that will take me farther down the road than I have a hammer. A lot of that, I think, is just tied to the the availability of information in this space, right? So I, you know, I can I have the tools at my at my disposal to go and learn. And and again, going back to some of the prior comments, right? Having the passion to learn, being driven by some learning, identifying when you have that knowledge gap, and then going seeking out and learning that new tool set that. Previously, you may have just been, you know, kind of aware of, but now I, I know I might need it to answer the question. So let's go dig into that. Capitalizing on that motivation and, and, and you know, building that knowledge from there, um, I think is essential as well. If I'm an individual, regardless of where I am on my career path, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm new in my career, or I've been around for a while, or I'm in the later third of my journey. Whatever it is, is really irrelevant. And if I'm an individual and I'm in a company and they're not asking me, they're like. They're not talking about any type of analytics. They're not talking about BI. They're not talking about um, any of this stuff. And I'm interested in doing the stuff. It's probably on me to figure out, okay, where is my company? Where are they wanting to go? What problems do they want to solve? And how can I apply these things I'm exploring to proactively propose and find and encourage opportunities? And that might actually be... uh, a wonderful journey. It could be a wonderfully educational journey, or it could be a tough journey in the event that you stand alone with that appetite to learn like that. That's the reality. Whether whether you're whether you're in a role that you know isn't isn't defined traditionally as a data scientist or data analyst, and you're trying to spark your journey into that, you know, and the organization hasn't adopted yet, or you're in a role that you're you're a data scientist in a larger data science team and the organization is fully invested in it, right? I think for many organizations, there's still a, an education gap of what really is advanced analytics and data science and, and what are the questions that we need to leverage them to solve for us? How do we ask that question? I don't. When do we bring them in, right? I think that's a universal, continuous thing. And it's it it requires to solve that. It, it requires, again, you know, the term vulnerability, right? Is Is the vulnerability and the willingness to kind of push the idea forward as you continue to gain your knowledge, continue to gain insight and learnings, bring those up to those in the organization who are the decision makers, the project owners, whatever it might be, as here's a new way of thinking about this. Likely they may have heard of it, probably probably haven't heard of, you know, what what ML or AI actually means. I wouldn't say imposing, but putting that perspective out there, making them aware of it. 
um, becomes, you know, as, as much of your role as anything, if you want to bring that, develop that skill set and bring that impact to your organization, you really need to drive that thinking and drive the mindset shift that it requires to incorporate uh, advanced analytics data science into, into an organization. So if I'm a C-suite leader and... You know, I have all kinds of amazing responsibilities that go with my role in the organization, just like your role in the organization. And I'm feeling the pressure to make my numbers and manage my market and address the current, you know, economic situation, all of the things. And you're the aspiring data person. And you come to me and say, hey, Matthew, I've been looking at the stuff. I've been studying some things. I have a couple of thoughts. How would you approach me? What would you say to me? Not that I'm belligerent and stubborn and cranky, but rather I'm just on the move and I'm looking for concrete chunks, if you will. That's a great, great thought exercise, right? And, and an important one. You know, what's been powerful for me, it's showcasing, I call it showcasing the art of the possible, but doing it in comparison to current state, right? So being able to, whatever your question is, just for the example here, showing, you know, here's, here's the report, the, the, the current process, the current output, what it looks like now. Right? I'm, I'm, I'm delivering that to you. So I'm maintaining my relationship with you. You know, I'm not falling short or anything like that. But I'm taking some of these new learnings, and it takes a takes a time commitment. You know, but but passion should drive that. To now, let's layer in a slice or two of something new on the side of that. You know, now I've you know, maybe I'm forecasting something. I'm forecasting demand for next quarter for you. And traditionally, it's just been a what happened last year? We're going to add some percentage to that year over year, and, and you know, and something very simple. Well, now I'm going to go in, and that's current state. Well, now I'm enhancing it by putting some confidence intervals on it, and giving a better scenario analysis around. If you do X, we see Y, and kind of start to tell that story of what's the next level. And it may not be perfect, but you're at least creating awareness of the capability that you're developing and bringing to the organization. And hopefully through that, beginning to create excitement around, I can, hey, I'm, I'm the leader, the executive, I can see the improvement here. Let's dig into that further. And, and you start to get the wheel spinning and, and that, mo that progress rolling from that. That's very tangible. Here's what we're currently doing. Here's what we're using it for and what it seems to mean to us. Here's what we could be doing. And here's how it may actually add additional dimension or insight or view or value that's really good. That's very concrete. It's powerful. And I'll say what, what can be scary in that, fearful in that is, you know, am I, you gotta, you have to put yourself out there again, right? I, I, I go back to this just because I, you know, not the stereotype IT mindsets or data science mind, you know, personalities and things like that. But it, again, it's, it's not waiting for the business direction sometimes, but just taking a chance and stating, you know, I, I think... I think if we did this, you know, this could be the improvement and at least starting that conversation, it's that awareness, that seed of awareness that becomes powerful on that. It might not be right, you know, but at least you're, you're creating visibility to a capability that either exists in your skill set or it can exist in you know, starting that conversation. So. Well, let's shift it a little bit then. So these companies that are starting to make realizations saying, hey, we need to be uh, a little more aggressive, a little more assertive about what data, how data, when data, like how can we get to where we really want to go and how do we make this data thing work for us? But if I'm a company and I'm looking for people, where am I going to find people? If I don't have people saying, dude, I've been thinking about this, I want to do this, and I'm starting brand new, where am I going to find these folks? 
Yeah. Are there like data conventions? <laughs> and you guys are all hanging out like, dude, pass the tea. Let's talk about this. <laughs> um, you know, candidly, I don't know if I have a, a proper answer for that or a great answer for that. Other than, you know, I, I think in the space, da- data science, as much as again, we've talked about the sort of hard skills of data science, the art of data science, I think the other piece in there to, to be aware of, it's the subject matter expertise for that organization that becomes essential, right? You can think of a um, kind of a diagram of this with those three elements in it. That subject matter knowledge becomes essential to really developing impact in out of advanced analytics and data science for the organization. I think often for an organization to, to find success in this, it's finding an individuals that are again driven by driven by learning, have curiosity and motivated to to learn, preferably in the space, but having in place mechanisms that allow them to ramp up the business knowledge that they bring, that organizational knowledge. What's the you know what product are you manufacturing and the nuances of that of manufacturing that product? Product. How does sales sell that product? That business knowledge and the nuances of that are key to success in data science, right? Using myself as an example, when I entered an organization, I tried to focus the first first few months on just strictly relationship building, finding that conduit into who are the people that represent the space of the organization that can become my source of, uh, my, my vessel of knowledge that I can tap into. Because when I'm working with data and trying to build a model, mm-hmm. There's endless questions around, do I pull in column A or column B? Do I combine them? Do I create something entirely new? Does this mean anything? Because what I think is meaningful in the data and maybe statistically significant, all this kind of stuff, when it actually goes out to the field and you get feedback and that expert knowledge on, well, we actually don't operate like that, so your your insight is meaningless, right? If I can get that knowledge or at least a representation of that, that's where a lot of power exists that my underlying skill sets, technical knowledge, storytelling abilities, all that stuff can come together and leverage that that subject matter knowledge, right? So, so I don't know if I answered your question well, Matthew, or not, but I think I think organizations developing pipelines or pipelines isn't the best word, environments that are conducive to that transfer of knowledge between the subject matter expert and the data scientist, the advanced analytics, and those using the data. That knowledge sharing, I think, is where a lot of that power resides. So that's a way they can discover the value and use and help grow and foster a culture that grows people. But you didn't yet tell me if there are conventions where there are data scientists (laughs) like you all sitting in smoking jackets, having tea, discussing the latest algorithms of the breakfast. So those do exist, depending <laughs> depending on your space of space and need and 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 so on, right? Right, right. Um, you know this the, the term data science is you know just over a decade old in formality, right? Um, if I'm remembering correctly, I think it's it's credited with originating at LinkedIn as kind of where it started with, right? Formally, and don't quote me on that. A lot of the the buildup and hype to this sort of where we are now. With data science, let me rephrase that, not, not build up in hype, but growth in this discipline um, and the, the, the rate of growth in this discipline over time started with the technology companies latching on to researchers that were 
um, presenting on neural nets, artificial intelligence, machine learning at their dedicated conferences. So one of the conferences that um, has been around for decades is called NIPS, N-I-P-S. It's now NERIPS is the new term um, given to it, but it's all, you know, what was up until a decade ago, a conference attended by, you know, maybe a couple hundred uh, researchers off in kind of the corner to now it's annually attended by thousands of people that come to this. And that's where a lot of the original poaching occurred these researchers brought from academia into application of uh, practical application of data science going forward. Now, you know, that, that's an extreme example. You know, I, I think, you know, there's many different organizations out there. I think of like TDWI as one, uh, IIA um, Institute of international analytics and so on. There's all these different organizations that again, to your point, uh, uh, Matthew, it's not maybe not sitting around in smoking jackets and so on, but, gatherings of analytics and analytic mindsets that bring a lot of talent together and a lot of lot of uh, skill sets together that can be can be sources of experienced experienced skill sets experienced individuals in the in these resources right um, and and you know to give credit to universities i think there's again over the last decade or so more universities are offering more programs related to business analytics data analytics and so on that pipeline is i think filling up, becoming more robust, becoming more refined as well. And there's, I think, quality um, new grads beginning to come out, you know, of universities as as uh, more learnings are applied there. It's a normal, normal problem, right? So mm -hmm. educational institutions are themselves businesses or else they cease to exist. I mean, it's not a, you know, a free world here. So these folks have the responsibility and the desire and the goal to enable and equip and educate and all of the types of things. A reality, though, is the gap between all learning these concepts to even illustrated by your earlier point. Go learn about statistical things, whether it's, you know, statistics in and of themselves, probability, Bayesian, all of those things, then learning the tools, the R, the Python, and anything else that makes sense, and then figuring out how to operationalize that and then starting to get into splinters. That's a journey that has to be lived. Journeys aren't ordinarily lived in college or university. Um, journeys can be enabled. The fact that universities are offering more and more data education is outstanding. But it's fun to see how this is evolving. It's fun to see where it's going. To your point, 10 years, thereabouts, plus or minus. Plenty of places to go on the web. Many conventions to go to seeing how it's evolved from a small subset of researchers to a more populated thousands and thousands of people who are interested now. What a wonderful evolution of an idea that we're getting to watch unfold right now. And then as far as what does it mean? Heck, that's part of the whole challenge. What is it? When is it? What does it mean? How do we make use of it? This has been a phenomenal conversation with you, good sir. Thank you very much for taking the time to teach us about so very many just aspects of the journey of data and your journey with data. And even very much thank you for taking the moment to just give some pointers to people who want to learn how to have a journey like the one you're having. Thank you. Thank you, Matthew. And I couldn't agree more with, you know, kind of those thoughts there, right? Um, it's, it's a great journey that that this whole space and discipline is on um you know and there's a lot of runway left in it and and a lot of uh because of the uncertainty there's a lot of room for creativity and and impact to be had as you know as more people venture out and, and 
become skilled in this space as well. So it's been a, uh, I've enjoyed the conversation and learned more about myself and, and hopefully, you know, be able to share some good thoughts as well along the way. So thank you. The Long Way Around the Barn is brought to you by Trility Consulting, where Matthew serves as the CEO and president. If you need to find a more simple, reliable path to achieve your desired outcomes, visit trility.io. To my listeners, thank you for staying with us. I hope you're able to take what you heard today and apply it in your context so that you're able to realize the predictable, repeatable outcomes you desire for you, your teams, company, and clients. Thank you.